You are the only one can do. Nobody else can. So we pray, Father, that you bless our time now as we sit under the authority of your word. Open our eyes. Open our understanding that we may behold the glory of God at the face of Jesus Christ. In his wonderful name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. What a joy this morning that we are here by the grace of God. And we are studying the book of Job. The book of Job is such a powerful book and it speaks about God. And so far, we saw Job on a mountaintop in his faith in his walk, in his dealing with everything. He acknowledged God. God is painting himself who he is. Satan comes along. And now we come to chapter 3. is absolutely unbelievable. So let me set the stage before we jump into chapter 3. So that would be connection between 1, 2, and 3. So you know what we are, where we are going. Job in the east stood the tallest as a man, as a man. He was a man in the land of Uz near Jordan. He was blameless. That doesn't mean that he was a sinless. Well, beyond reproach in his character. He was upright. He feared God and who shunned evil. He was a family man. He had a seven sons and three daughters. He was a businessman. And he was a father who prayed constantly for his children. That was about Job. Now what about God? Because the book of Job is the book of God. So here we learn about God that he is the one who blesses his people. God is the one who blesses. He knows how to bless and he knows how to take the blessings. You have to remember that always. Who our God is. We learn about that he is the one who blesses. He is the one all powerful. All knowing. All seeing God. He is the one who has authority. All over heaven. On the earth. And under the earth. He is the one who keeps the hedge of his own people. Isn't it wonderful to know. The God we love. The God we serve, the God whom we associate, is mindful of, of his own people. I know my sheep, the Bible tells us. I know my sheep and they hear me. It's such a wonderful confidence that we have a shepherd who calls us by name and he knows us. So here God knew Job. God knows every person by their name. Before you were born, he knows about you. And your days are numbered. Hallelujah. Your days are numbered. My days are numbered. And we thank God that he's keeping everything in his hand. He has a power to bless and he has a power to take the blessings back. That is the God of the Bible. We have to understand. So when you know this is God we have, you rest assured Anything comes in your life doesn't come by surprise. You know why? Because he's the one who orchestrated everything. 
He's the one. He's the one who controls everything. So when your life is in his hand, that is what we are learning from Job's character and the book of Job. And we, we are going to expose every day. And I wish my heart's prayer and desire that you know God of Job. You know God of Job and not only God of Job, but you know Job. Job was a man like you and me. He was not supersonic man. He was down to the earth. So now we learn about Job. We learn about God. We learn about Satan. How often, because of the lack of understanding, we always give credit to Satan. He did it to us. He did it to us. He's not happy with us. Oh, my friend, we learn about Satan that he cannot work independently. He cannot work independently. His evil scheme without God giving him permission. God gives permission. He's the one who gives permission. Satan cannot work independently. He not, unless God gives him permission. You know, I believe with all my heart, Satan tried to destroy Job many times, but in chapter 1, verse 10, he said, you have kept the hedge over him. That's why I cannot touch him. It's wonderful. Satan cannot work independently. He is God's servant. Always remembers, Satan is God's servant. He obeys him. He commands him what he do, what he should not do. Satan cannot do anything. Uh, Satan has no power in himself to act. Satan is not omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. God is. God is. So when we know who God is, we know. And you know, uh, in chapter 3 to 37, you learn about now Job, real Job. Real job. And I'm going to expose this morning in chapter 3, and I hope you pay, pay very close attention to that. But as I was preparing this, one verse came to my mind is Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Please turn with me. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Very profound word. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Someone can read loudly, please. Wow, thank you very much. Beloved, many times I wonder why this Romans chapter 15, 4 is talking about what is written in the past. What is that to do with us? Some people always ask, Old Testament has nothing to do with the New Testament. Old Testament is a story of the old and the New Testament is a story of love and grace and Jesus and all about that. But Paul writes, whatsoever written, it was for our learning. Our learning that through patience and comfort of the scripture we might have, uh, have a hope. Now, 
I'm, I'm taking you a little deeper, so you just follow very carefully. The Holy Spirit rise through Paul, through patience. Underline the word patience. Through patience, that is experience. That is experience. That is ob- subjective reality of believer's life. Subjective reality of believer's life. Through patience, experience. And the comfort of the Holy Scripture, that is the objective truth. Experience and the truth is hallmark which produces hope. In Job's life, we learn about objective truth about Job's faith that when everything was blessed by He said, and then everything was taken away. Job did not curse God. He said, God is the one. He is the one who has all the blessings came from him. He has the right to take over. God gave, God took, blessed be the name of God. Well, that is wonderful. That is objective reality of Job's faith. And we all have that reality of faith because of God's word. But then the patience come, that is experience. Now, In chapter 3 through 37, we learn about Job's experience of personal life. So if you combine together, we have a hope. Now, what I'm getting there, the trials of Job, the testings of Job is so powerful that it exposes the real Y-O-U. What is that sense? You. Trials and experience exposes the real you. I always say the trials reveals the character. The trials always reveals the character whom you associate, whom you belong to. Trial is a great testing tube. In Job's life, now, the Lord is opening the curtain to see real you of Job. And my friends, you and I need to understand Job's agony. That Job was just like you and me. When you read chapter 1 and 2, you said, Job is over here. I cannot even go that level. He's so high spiritually. But you know, Job was just like you and me. Just like James writes about Elijah. Elijah was just like us. What what do we learn about Elijah? Elijah was a man subject to like passions, as as James chapter 5 verse 17. But he cried out, I want to die. Once upon a time, he slaughtered 450 prophets of the Baal and called upon the fire from heaven And here is when Jezebel sent the word that tomorrow you will be dead meat. Elijah took his life. Instead of looking to God, he turned to himself and ran for his life. And he came and he started to compare himself with other people. He said, I'm no better than my father's. Take me, kill me, oh God. That is real Elijah. Elijah. What about Moses? How many people he led? Well, more than one, one million people he led all the way from Egypt. 
and in chapter numbers chapter 11 he, the time came in his life he said to the lord lord have i given birth to this people that i have to go through this that is a real moses and the holy spirit writes in chapter 12 of numbers that there was no man like moses who was a humble man that is god's testimony about moses but what did job what did moses say what did moses say in chapter number 11 numbers 11 chapter 15 kill me oh god i don't want to live that is real moses crisis revealed real you moses jeremiah hezekiel habakkuk and down through the century the prophets of the old and new and the saints now here comes job when you come to chapter 3 the title for the job chapter 3 i wrote i want to die i want to die you know why would job come to that level we all have our cross we all have our heartaches we all have our trials our testings and we also come to that point as a lord please take me i can't live this more anymore there's nothing wrong that is nothing wrong that is just human expression for what we are going internally there's nothing wrong nothing wrong don't blame yourself don't think anything that you are not spiritual this is the part of we are in this planet earth you do not know how many times i cry out every day lord please take me please take me this morning when pastor was preaching i started pain attack my wife said would like to go home So no, we will continue to be here. When the pain comes every day, I long to be with the Lord. This is part. And Job had gone through so much. His sons and daughters, he buried 10 children at the t- one day. Can you imagine? A father buried 10 children? One day? Everything was taken away? he he expected his wife to come along and and stand with him and he said curse god and die his good friends came and he said instead of comforting they condemned him and top of that the heaven was silent there was no voice from god to job where else job would go when the boils get in the system and he is going out of Uh, 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 shawl where the burning everything and he takes the ashes and put it over him there was no painkiller you don't understand job so having said that now if you turn to job chapter 3 please turn with me job chapter 3 you know job real job and uh, you marvel about what real job had gone through and uh, how many times we are there and uh, yes job says i want to die 
Job wishes that he had never been born. Can you imagine? Job wishes that he had never been born and that he would die. In chapter 3, there are three W's. Three W's. Number one, his weeping. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Then chapter 3, verse 11 to 19, his wailing. And chapter 3, verse 20 to 26, his woes. His woes. Let that leads us to chapter 3, verses, verses 1. So please keep the open Bible and uh, let's follow Job chapter 3. Because it is so, when I was preparing that, I, I just cry. He said, whoa, Job, brother Job, I wish I were there to help you. Job chapter 3. Every word is written very loaded. Listen to this word. Chapter 3, verse 1. After this, stop there. What is after this? What is after this? That means in the exact context, losing his possessions, his servants, his families, his own health. Imagine. Health, family, business, and his possession. After this, now read later on, next word. After this, he opened his mouth and he cursed the day which he was born. That is reality. That is reality of Job. Job's grief and turmoil were so great, so severe, that he wished he had never been born. Can you imagine? He wished that he would never been born. He did not curse God. Remember, that was the main point. Satan argued back with God. He said, if you take the hedge over him, then he will curse you and he will curse you. And he will, he, he will deny you. I told you that Satan doesn't know what is next. God knows everything, right? Satan doesn't know. And the Lord said, okay, make my day. And everything was taken away. Job, here we read about that, he did not curse God. He did not curse God. But he did reject his entrance into this world. Friends, try to go near to the heart of Job. And listen to him. Because Job was just like you and me. Just like Elijah was just like you and me. Just Moses was just like you and me. Jeremiah was just like you and me. They were ordinary people, but God did extraordinary. And same thing, when you are yielding to the Lord unconditionally, he will do extraordinarily, as he did with Job. So, chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, let's read. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man child conceived. He's going back. He's going back with his mother's conceived and delivering him. 
That is the picture Job is giving us here. Job answered and said, May the day of my birth is a reference to his mother's delivery of him. When he came into this world, he desired that day, that day where he was born, that day would perish or permanently removed from God's calendar and leaving him in a non-existent state. That is the agony, the pathos of a man's heart. When he's hitting so hard, where else he can go? He had no pastor to call upon. He has no one to comfort. He had no one to pray with. All he was, he by himself. What would you do when you're left in that kind of condition? Here is Job. Here is Job. He never cursed God. He never cursed God, but that is the reality of Job. He expressed his desire that he could have avoided being conceived in his mother's womb. Imagine. I cannot fathom, my friends. My finite mind cannot comprehend. Chapter 3, verse 4. He said, let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon that day when he was born. That his heart's desire. Job hoped as thick darkness surrounded that night of his birth. He longed that it not be included among the days of the year. Nor be entered in any of the months Job wanted that night in which he was delivered, removed from human history. He longed for that night of his birth that to be erased from the past. Can you imagine? I, I cannot. And then verse 5, 6, 7, 8, the same thing. Job is talking about instead of shout of joy at, the, at his birth, he requested, may that night be barren, empty. Job hoped the curse had been Powerful enough to rouse the Leviathan, a, a mythological sea monster, would have devoured that, that large object. Verse 9, verse 9, what a poetic verse. Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let it look for light, but have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day. Wow, wow. This is the poetic language continue as Job cursed the day of his birth by stating, may its morning stars become dark. May the morning stars become dark. May it look for light, but it was vain. The phrase morning stars in the scripture here especially is a reference to the planet's and the stars, which blankets the atmosphere before the rising of the sun. You know that? When the morning, when you get out and see that beautiful stars, just glorious. Job wished that it would be all dark. All dark. The first ray of dawn, literally the eyelids of the morning is a reference to the slow rising of the sun in the morning. Slow rising in the morning. Verse 10. 
because it shut because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb nor hid sorrow from mine eyes the reason job cursed the day is that it did not shut the door of the mother of the womb on me the day of his birth was allowed and did not stop his existence he wished that he would have never come out from his mother's womb what a what a agony what a agony thank god that we are not going we are not there but here is a man you know that's why in romans chapter 15 verse 4 everything was written for our learning so through patience through that experience and the comfort of the scripture that is the objective truth we might have hope so you apply to your spiritual journey in your personal life what the lord allows you to go through experience and when you find the comfort through the scripture you are producing hope for your children and grandchildren to look up so when they go through in the future they will bow their head and say thank god for my father and thank god for my mother that they left their example for me through their patience through their experience that is job's weeping then the job's wailing chapter 3 verse 11 through 19 think of this since the day of his birth did occur job's wonders why he was not delivered still born can you can you fathom i was looking the word still born in the scripture and fascinating and in the hebrew language the word stillborn i wrote here somewhere okay nafal the stillborn word in hebrew nafal n a p h a l that is to drop to be born that is abortion premature birth stillborn premature aborted that what he wished i wish i would be aborted i wish i would be dropped born dead i cannot fathom what job was talking here unbelievable agony of his soul agony of his soul Job raised rhetorical question for which he never received an answer why did i not perish at birth why did i not perish at birth you know when you and i go through i don't know whether your spiritual life or your physical life or challenge what you face sometimes when you go through that route you might have occurred i wish the lord would have taken me long time back to see this what i'm seeing now job expresses that desire why did i not perish at birth and die as i came from my mother's womb since the day of his birth job wished that he had never entered in this world he wished that he would never enter into this world 
verse chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast that I should suck? For now, should I have lain still and been quiet? I should have slept, man, then had I been at rest with kings and the counselors of the earth, which builders desolate places for themselves. He's now talking something very deep, you understand. Further, he pleaded, why were these knees to receive me and the breasts that I might be nursed? Job wondered why his mother sustained his life at birth. Why? And did not ab abandon him to die. If this tragedy was to be his lot, if that he is hypothetically thinking, I wish my mother would have left me abandoned to die. If that had happened, then you understand this verse. If that had happened, if abandoned the birth, he would be lying down in peace. He would be lying down in peace. He reasoned that he, if he were now dead, he would be asleep at rest. This would be far better than the present life. And what he's talking about is suffering. His agony. His loneliness. Nobody's there with him. You know, Paul was just about to listen the footsteps of the soldier to carry him for beheaded. And he was penning the rice last letter to his young son in faith, Timothy. And what did he write? I all when I read, I'm sentimental. He said, nobody is with me. Everybody deserted me. A man who risked his life. He said, for me to live with Christ and die gain. That man, he said, nobody is with me. Everybody deserted me. Come soon, Timothy. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Do not think a pastor is always with the Lord and is, walk, is, 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 is in the ninth cloud. But he's a real man. He's a real man. How many people try to understand that? When you read the scripture like this, you, you, you go near to the heart of person, what he had gone through. Job was left alone. Left alone. And he said, I wish I, my mother would have abandoned me. I wish I would have been dead. So I would be at rest. I would be at rest. And he said, this would be far better than the present life. Far better than present life of pain and misery. Then in death, 
Job reasoned that he would be in close association with the kings and the council of the earth, and death would be great equalizer of the great and small. Oh, beloved, when I was preparing this, all of a sudden it dawned me, for those who are redeemed, death is no big deal. Death is no big deal. We are traveling. It will be soon over. And the best is yet to come. I'm looking forward that one day I would hear, welcome home. Welcome home. Job was expressing his desire that I wish my mother would have dropped me and I would have been dead so I would be in the company of the kings and the counselors. Oh, friends, we would be better with the company of saints and the glory of angels' presence. That's why we are looking forward, right? Verse 15. Or with princes that had gold and filled their houses with silver. Oh, Job. Imagine... Job imagined his course being placed in a magnificent tombs for the rulers who had gold and filled their houses with silver. Therein, death he would enjoy association with the mighty, far better experience than what he is going through right now. Job. And verse 16, that again, that word, or as a hidden, untimely birth. That is the word untimely birth. New, uh, King James Version uses untimely birth. New King James Version uses stillborn. So I try to get into the real word. I said, what is the Hebrew word for this untimely birth? So that is nafal. And the nafal is stillborn or premature or aborted child or dead. That is what is all about. So Job's mind was... Again, turned to the idea of being stillborn. He asked, why was I not hidden in the ground like a stillborn child? Job longed that he had been born as an infant who never saw the light of the day. That is, if he had to be born, it would have been better that he would be dead rather than came alive. Verse 17 and 18. There the wicked cease from troubling and there the weary be at rest. There the prisoner rest together. Then they hear not the voice of the oppressor. Not the hear the voice of the oppressor. So trial motivated him to long for the rest. Long for the rest. Away from the present life, a hardship beyond the grave. Job reasoned the captives also enjoyed their ease in death. The wicked, ungodly, weary are released from the imprisonment. Only in death is their relief from the slavery to pain. Friends, if you think physically, that what Job is talking about, physically. But if you apply the spiritually, you know how many times 
when a person die even he is not christian even he is not believer he live a reckless life the relatives would come along and say now he is at peace right we hear that now he is at peace but we know he is not at peace they think temporarily he has a peace now all his trouble is over cancer is over all these things over but we on the other side after the resurrection we know that the picture is open for us that that is only the part physical pain is over but the agony of spiritual begins then we need to turn to Luke chapter 16 and rich man and Lazarus then you know the whole picture whole picture so thank god that we understand what job probably did not understood but thank god that we understand now that physical pain has a ending time but the spiritual agony begins through the physical pain all the way through eternity amen that's the truth and nobody can escape from that unless in the lifetime the person heard the voice of god and repented of his sin and come to the saving truth and grace of knowledge of lord jesus christ that's the only possible way verse 19 the small and the great are there and the servant is free from his master so the small and great are so the death is the place of rest where you find small and the great Job was once great before the tragedy struck him but now he becomes small he becomes small in his final resting place he would be freed from his master the slave master what he what he was going through so here we see job's real you Did Job cease to be spiritual? No. It is a part of his nature. And our part of nature is when you encounter trials and testing, real you comes out. But how did Job handle? Throughout this all chapters, one after the other, you find out how he grew in understanding. He was not learned and man dropped down from heaven, but he learned just you and I learning in our journey. Well, that leads to the final point: Job's woe, chapter three, verse twenty through twenty-six, twenty-three. Since Job was not stillborn, he longed to die now. Verse twenty. Verse twenty. Wherefore is the Wherefore is the light given to him that is in misery and the life unto the bitter in soul Job ask why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of the soul light is the poetic parallel of life light life okay that is what john writes about right in first john poetic life light job wonder why god continue to sustain his life through his present misery when he was so bitter of soul 
verse 21 to 22, which longed for death, but it cometh not, and the dig for it more than for bid hid treasure, which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. Life one is life one in pursuit of hidden treasure. Job searched for it, knowing that once he found it, he could have discovered something valuable and priceless. But in spite of his search, death would not come. Death would fill him with gladness. That's what he hoped for. I wish death would come and cause him to rejoice when he reached the grave. Death had become desirable for Job for the cause of celebration. And friends, if that was Job's desire, that death would be the cause of celebration for the believers, it's much more celebration. For us, much more celebration. Because thank God for death. Have you ever thanked God for death? <laughs> you know, I often say, oh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But thank God for death. Because death is the door which you enter in the presence of the one whom you loved and who has loved you and gave himself where you will see him face to face. Can you imagine if there was no death and cancer would come into the system? He would deteriorate, deteriorate, deteriorate and there is no death. Job was thanking, he said, I wish there would be death so for my celebration. Why is the life given to man? Why is the life given to man whose way is hidden? Here is, there are four why in the book of Job chapter 3. Four why, why, W-H-Y. First why you find in chapter 3 verse 11, why did I not die? Why did I not die? Second why, chapter 3, verse 16, why was I, I not hidden like a stillborn? And chapter 3, verse 20, another why, why is the light given to man whose way is hidden? And now this is the fourth why in chapter, 20, chapter 3, verse 23. And here I have to now keep quiet because 10 minutes I need to give you, prepare for the Lord's uh, worship service. So, Fourth why we'll consider next Lord's Day, God willing. But you know, when you read this chapter 3 again, chapter 3 again, and you know, try to go near to the heart of Job and hear him, his agony, his pain, and, and compare with your agony and pain. And thank God that you have someone to lean upon, someone to call upon, someone to pray with, and find the strength where Job did not have. And we thank God for that. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful 
that as Paul writes in Romans 15 verse 4, everything was written that through patience and through comfort of the scripture, we might generate hope for people to look and find strength. We thank you, Lord, that now we are looking into Job's real personal life, his agony, his pain, his pathos. And we thank God, Lord, that we have people around. We can count on them, find counsel and comfort but Job did not have. How grateful we are. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us that we keep our eyes focusing upon you. Some of my people, Lord, here going through just like what Job had gone through, would you please stand with them, comfort them, strengthen them, encourage them, and help them to trust in you in the times of agony and pain. Because best is yet to come for those who love the Lord. Prepare us, O oh God, now for the worship service, and may you be glorified through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.